I had to, y'all. You already knew what song I was going to use to open up the show. Welcome back. It's your girl, Asia Abston, and we are back with another episode of the Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying podcast. I am so happy to be recording today because like everybody else this weekend, or hopefully this weekend, I just came from seeing us two nights ago at an early preview, and I am shooketh. And I could not wait to get on the mic and talk to you guys about the show. Honestly, I was going to release the episode on Thursday, but I was like, okay, listen, let me give these people to the weekend because spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. If you have not seen us, pause my show, go to the theater, go see it, and then come back and press play. So Jordan Peele, the writer, director, mastermind behind Get Out from two years ago, this is his second full-length film, and it is entitled Us. It stars the insanely talented Lupita Nyong'o and Winston Duke, who we know as uh, M'Baku, from Black Panther. Remember him? He so stole the movie. He was cold in that movie. Like he was going to let Black Panther die, but he came through. Yeah, he was bomb. Anywho, so um y'all, we need to talk. We need to have a full-fledged live about us. And you know, the Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying podcast is not about movies. So bear with me if this is not the lane that you expected this episode to be in. But this movie was that good and that groundbreaking and that much of a um, a brilliant piece of art that I was inspired to talk about it on the show. And again, if you have not seen it, I am about to talk plot. So uh, you may want to pause this episode and cut me off right here if you don't want to know the ending of the movie, because I'm about to say it in three, two, one. All right. So as soon as I left the theater, I hopped on Twitter because it was like two o'clock in the morning and nobody else was up and I needed to talk to my people on Twitter. And um, there were just so many crazy fan theories, so many replies, so many people um that just loved it right off top. So many people that were completely confused and clearly had no idea what they just watched. But what we all had in common on Twitter was that we were just shook and overwhelmed with uh, shit feelings and thoughts and ideas about this movie. And it was not what we expected. So um, Us is definitely a horror film, but it's not like a slasher film. So don't go into it thinking that this is going to be like a Freddy, Jason, Halloween type vibe. It's not that. To me, it's more like a, a psychological thriller. Like this is more, um, you you need to be thinking in this film. This is not just mindless entertainment. So the movie opens up with a beautiful family going on vacation in California. The mom of the family her name is Adelaide, and as soon as they get on vacation, they're headed to the beach, and Adelaide is just not feeling it. She ain't feeling it. The vibe is not there. And come to find out, the reason she's not feeling the vibe is because she had a traumatic experience on that beach once upon a time, 20 or so years ago. Later in the film, we discovered that this dramatic experience on the beach was that she was in a fun house of mirrors. And discovered that she had a doppelganger, a, an exact copy, a twin that looked exactly like her. And, um, you know, that would shake anybody. So when 
the family is relaxing in their home, trying to get ready for bed, they discover another family of four exact copies of them. How wild is that? Like anybody would be blown away. And this family breaks into their home, begins to attack them. And this is how us kicks off. So it's one thing to be experiencing a home invasion. It's something totally different to be experiencing a home invasion by you, basically. Like how absolutely insane is that? So I already loved the premise of that idea um, of kind of the us versus them concept of this movie and that concept carries throughout the entire film like the tethered which are the people who live in the tunnels are them and the Wilson family is us but in reality it's the same person it's literally the same person it's a copy of the same person and the differences between how we view other people in any capacity meaning other people who are considered of a a lower financial status than us or a lower socioeconomic background than we have or a lower caliber of whatever it is that you think you have that they don't or of a different race than you or from a different country than you or whatever it is, we're all essentially the same. But none of us really feel that way on a surface level, at least, because We treat each other so differently based on kind of classism or these make-believe ideas that one could be better than the other when we're really all the same. So I loved that theme of us versus them that played throughout the movie. Um, Some of the other things that I fell in love with and thought were super fucking interesting was how um, the Jeremiah 1111 was a Bible verse that came up in the film a few times. It was used as a warning from the tethered to the living, I guess, or the 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 regular, the family and, and the Americans living upstairs. We'll, we'll say it like that. And that exact quote reads like this from the Bible. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. So that quote, um, not the whole quote, just the Jeremiah eleven eleven, was seen a few times in the movie. So it had a double edged sword as well. Like, first of all, eleven eleven is about duality and it's a copy of itself. And then the quote, the words of the quote are kind of about how people worship false gods and false idols. And God is saying in this instance, even though, even when you realize that you're wrong, it's going to be too late because I'm not coming for you. When you call out for me, I'm abandoning, abandoning you. I will not be there to rescue you because I'm telling you better now. And just because you're going to realize it later, oh, well, like you should have took my word for, for it the first time. And uh, I thought that was such a wild like piece of scripture to add into this movie. And I also thought it was dope how they never explain that to you in the movie. You have to go and look that up on your own. I mean, maybe people that know the Bible, well, obviously they would know. But for the common person would have no idea what that meant. So, of course, the second I left the theater, I was uh, Googling that one. So um, you saw that a few times the tethered would use that as a warning to let them know, like we didn't come to play and this is what's on the horizon. 
another interesting piece of the movie. Oh, like back to that, the false idols and false God worship made me think of the other family in the film uh, whose names escapes me right this minute. But there's another family, a husband, a wife and two twin daughters. And they also in the film get attacked by their tethered family and they don't stand a chance, honey. They not even close. Like <laughs> they get murdered immediately. Like no line, no weight, necks, throats slashed, just done, done, done. Um, and it's interesting because like the Wilsons were able to put up a fight, not just because obviously they're the star of the movie. So this shit would be pointless if they get murdered in the first five seconds. But if you look at the bigger scope of it, it felt like it felt like they were able to fight the tethered better because they're a unit and they're connected as a unit. And I could be reading too deep into this, <laughs> but kind of the the concept of Jeremiah 11, 11 and the false gods, you could look at that as the internet. You could look at that as social media. You could look at that as um, materialism. You could look at that in 2019 as everything that has taken us away from the traditional family unit of having dinner together, uh, being close, being connected, spending quality time versus everybody's on their iPhone. Everybody has their AirPods in. Everybody's ignoring each other. We just existing. We are just existing in the same house. We're not family. We're, we're closer to strangers from YouTube than we are to the people that we sleep in the same bed with or, you know, live in the same house with or have the same last name. Oh, and their last name is Tyler. It just, it just came to me. So the bigger picture felt like the Wilsons were able to fight together as a unit as a family versus those who truly did worship the false gods of materialism and uh, you know social media and the internet as displayed throughout the movie with the Tylers and um yeah deep right big deep but I've been thinking about this for three days so big deep me and Twitter have been cooking on this for three days Another theory I'm having post us is, okay, so only one of the tethered could speak, and that was Red, um, who was played brilliantly by Lupita Nyong'o. First of all, she needs to win everything. She needs to win Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress because she played her ass off in this film. It was wild how well she did. So, um, anywho, Red could speak because Red was a human for the first is a human but was a human for the sake of this argument for the first six or seven years of her life because as we know at the end of the movie's re reveal the big revelation was that who we knew to be Adelaide was actually a member of the tethered the real Adelaide had been switched out in that fun house 30 years ago and handcuffed to a bed and left for dead. Um, and that is why this red that has emerged as the leader of the tethered can speak because she used to be able to speak. And interestingly enough, you see that the parents, when Adelaide comes back out of the fun house after being lost for 15 minutes or whatever, they barely recognize their own kid. And she is catatonic at this point and no longer is speaking. And uh, it takes a lot of time and encouragement and therapy to get her to talk. And it's not because she 
it can't talk, it's because she didn't even know how to talk because she's a tethered. She's not actually your daughter. Like a wild, mind-blowing moment um, because none of the other tethered can speak. So this makes perfect sense in my brain. Um, I would love to debate this with you guys. Again, my email is asia at getrichorgetdrunktrying.com. You know the Twitter and the Instagram is all the same. So let's chat about this further and you tell me what you think. Um, what else had me shooketh throughout this movie? There just were so many things. The performances were just so good. It was just too much. Oh, Hands Across America. So, uh, Hands Across America was before my time. So, I mean, I had heard of it, but I wasn't alive. So I didn't know much about it. Uh, so of course I had to get on my Google schmoogles and discover that Hands Across America was this huge charity benefit by the same guy that did that song, We Are the World, that huge charity song back in the 80s that raised like millions and millions of dollars to help the less fortunate. So bam, his next endeavor was called Hands Across America, where long story short, millions of Americans were supposed to join hands and make an interlocking human chain to represent, you know, how we're all one and rainbows and butterflies. And there's only one race, which is the human race and blah, blah, blah. And you would donate like 10 or $15 to participate in this event. And you would get this commemorative t-shirt. Now this event was supposed to raise a hundred million. In actuality, it raised 15 when all was said and done. So it was a huge flop. And the money that it was supposed to raise was supposed to go towards helping the less fortunate and the underprivileged. But it was a huge failure. And the significance of that in this film is how kind of so many philanthropists and so many organizations and so many churches and so many of, you know, giving human beings want to do more and want to help out and wind up, if not not helping at all, hindering those who they started out to help. Um, this will be a whole different episode, so I'm not going to get in on this. But like the Red Cross, for example, the Red Cross is a fucking scam. It is a scam diddly am of the greatest proportions. And um, that's exactly what that made me think of when I was putting this theory together of like how this organization who millions of loving people, kind human beings are giving their hard earned money to this organization is supposed to be helping these people and it ain't helping shit or it's helping 1% of who they intend or who they claim to be helping. So I think that that was kind of the significance of, uh, or the, the symbolism, excuse me, of using hands across America. And also the last thing that our young Adelaide kind of has to hold on to from her former life is the fact that she's wearing a hands across America t-shirt when she is abducted and switched out by her tethered. So um, I think this was like her piece of uh, kind of her theme or her blueprint for the revolution of the tethered uh, 30 years later when they rise up to take over and, and take the place of uh, us Americans. And um, it was interesting in the film, one of the biggest quotes, Adelaide asked Red who they are, who this group is that it's 
they're, you know, imposters. And, and Red responds, we are Americans. And that was just so deep. Like, and I didn't even understand it at the time because I was so shook by everything else that was going on in the movie. But she's 100% right. Like the disenfranchised, the homeless. And I think everybody's a victim of this, myself included. Like sometimes we shy away from those people begging in the streets and they're just like us. Literally, you could take two wrong turns in your life and wind up on the same side of the road as them. You know, they're no different than us, but we don't treat them with the same kind of dignity and respect that we should. And that's what it made me think of the homeless or the immigrants, or it could even be, you know, the maid when you're staying in a fancy hotel, you could really for a moment, hopefully not always, but really for a moment, disassociate yourself and think of us and them, which is ridiculous. And we should all know better and do better. So that was an underlying theme of this movie that I thought was super interesting. Overall, us was pretty fucking serious. And honestly, I think it's one of those movies that you need to see legit a second or third time. I've never left a theater and felt like I need to go back and watch that again tomorrow. Just because, just for understanding, not because I just was so blown away, but because, yo, I know I missed a ton of shit and I need to see it again and see what I missed. Um, Jordan Peele's a genius. Get Out was genius. And Us is definitely genius, but it's genius on another level. Like it's a sneaky, sneaky fucking film. And if you're not open-minded and compassionate, this is not going to be the movie for you, which is weird that you would need to be compassionate to see a horror film, but you need to be compassionate to understand the deeper meaning behind the tethered's revolt and Adelaide or Red's, excuse me. See, I get them mixed up now. Red's desire to take her life back because it was literally stolen from her or the fact that the tethered are really us and social injustices have kept them from us it's just it was just a lot so you definitely need to be not just bright but open-minded and compassionate to like this film I think so tell me what did you think of us did you love it nine out of ten ten out of ten one out of ten waste of time better than get out worse talk to me email me hit me up on the gram tweet me let me know what you guys thought of this movie um i will definitely be going to see it again uh sometime this week just to cook on it one more time and uh, i cannot wait to see what you guys thought about the film as well so next I want to switch gears completely and go in the completely opposite direction and talk about something super important um that I talked about talk about on my Instagram all the time and that is a manifestation visualization the the joy that is bringing things into your life and pulling them out of thin air and demanding that the universe make them happen uh, I don't know how this popped up most recently on my Instagram, but it happens to me all the time where I'm talking about something uh, that I manifested and people instantly are in my DMs asking me more about how I do that. So um, manifestation by definition is putting feeling or emotion into something theoretical until it becomes real. So I'll kick it off with an example. Um I walk Romeo, my Dalmatian, in a beautiful dog park here in Miami all the time, have done that for several years. 
And while walking Romeo, I would look at these gorgeous high rise buildings and say, I am going to live in one of those buildings one day. And I live in that building now, the building that did not even exist when I was walking my dog in that park for years. I actually live in that building now. I moved into this building um, January 15th of this year and um, I manifested it. I pulled that out of thin air. I have no business living in this building, to be completely honest with you. It's like multimillionaires and celebrities that live in my building. How they let my ass up in here, I do not know. I am convinced it is a glitch in the matrix and the only thing that I can attribute it to is that I put that image in my mind. I believed it with my entire heart and I literally am in it. The building didn't even exist, y'all. And I would look at the space, this empty space between all these buildings. I would just look at them all and say, I cannot wait to live in a luxury building like this. I I just imagined myself walking down the stairs, grabbing Romeo, going across the street, looking at the beautiful view of the bay and like living amongst these, you know, super successful people in this gorgeous place on a high floor, looking at the water every day. And it happened and I'm doing it. And the only way that this happened, honest to God, believe me, I promise you, is because I manifested it. So, you know, that sounds all well and good, but what does it really mean and how can you apply manifestation to your life? So manifestation is a a practice. It does not happen overnight. You will not become, you know, whatever your wildest dream is, it's not going to happen when you wake up tomorrow. It took you X amount of years to become who you are today. And it's going to take X amount of time to change your life to that thing that you want the most. But to start manifesting, you have to figure it out what it is you want, what you desire most in your heart of hearts, deepest in your soul. If that's true love, if that's $1 million in the bank, if that's a successful grocery store line, I don't know. Whatever the thing is, step one is to decide. You have to define your topic. You have to come up with that thing and be clear and be um, descriptive and elaborate and be crystal clear about what you want. So my example, I knew down to the address of where I wanted to live. Like I live in this little tiny neighborhood. Um, not going to tell you the name of it, but a tiny neighborhood that consists of eight streets. It's only eight blocks. It's a teeny tiny little strip of the city. So I was very specific. I want to be in a high rise unit. I want to look at the ocean every day. I want to have a huge walk-in closet. I want stainless steel appliances. I want a pool. I want a gym. I mean, the whole thing. I picked this place out to the T. I want valet. I literally have all those things though now. So I imagined it and visualized it, painted a picture of it in my mind. And that's what you have to do. Let's say you want a new car, for example. You need to not just think of the type of car, like, oh, I want a a new truck. No, it needs to be an F-150 with black leather seats and a panoramic sunroof and it's sitting on 22s and the license plate says buy whole and whatever the thing is, you need to be absolutely vivid. You need to know what the engine sounds like when you rev it up. You need to imagine that new car smell. You have to be extremely detailed And you have to 
imagine yourself in it. Don't just imagine the car. That's not enough. Don't just imagine the apartment. Don't just imagine the business that you want. You have to imagine yourself running the business, yourself driving the car. For me, I would imagine myself getting in the elevator, leaving my luxury condo, going downstairs to walk my dog to the park. Just the outfit that I was wearing, the the breeze that I felt on my skin. And, you know, this that could sound dramatic to some, but I'm telling you, This is what I use. This is how manifestation works. So you got to get it in your mind first and be crystal clear what the thing is that you want to do. Write it down. Put it somewhere that you see it every day. We talked about this on a prior episode about um, your lock screen or your screensaver or your vision board or whatever. This is how this is a part of manifestation. Visualizing. You have to know exactly what you want and you have to put that image in your mind and burn it in your mind for that thing because you can have anything you want in this life you can be do or have anything I mean I am not bullshitting you anything your uh dream that you want to manifest could be you want to be worth a hundred million dollars guess what you can manifest that and once you become skilled at manifesting the shit so dope like it at this point I can pull things out of thin air and I know that sounds like complete bullshit but I promise you it is true I can be thinking of someone and that I ain't heard from in forever and they call my phone the next day that's kind of how manifesting works these things have happened to everyone in our lives and it can be good or bad you can manifest disease in your life you could be one of those uh what do we call those people hypochondriacs that might be the right word who is always sick and guess what you're always sick because you're always thinking about being sick you're always talking about being sick you're reading the news about who's sick and what the travel ban is on xyz place because they got zika you that's why you're sick because you your thoughts control your entire experience of life how you think about yourself Every day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner in the quiet recesses of your mind, as well as what you say aloud, is what happens in your life. Your entire experience from birth to death is because of the self-image you have um, over your own personage. So it is imperative that you have the very best image of yourself at all times because these are the things that you will experience and continue to manifest and experience in your life, which is why you have to watch yourself constantly. Uh, So when we want to manifest good and positive things, step one, get it in your mind. Step two, visualize. I'm I'm sorry. Step one is to decide what it is. Step two is to visualize it. Okay. Step three, most important one, believe, 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 believe. You have to believe in this thing that you desire above anything else. It does not matter what anybody else has to say about it. It could be your wife, your father, your kid, your boss, whoever. Whatever their opinion is of that thing that you want is literally irrelevant. I cannot even stress this enough. It You have to, how do I put this? Some of us do not get where we want to go in this life because we are so concerned with the fact The fact of the matter is you can't afford that luxury condo you want. Or the fact of the matter is you didn't graduate 
from an Ivy League school. So there's no way that you're going to land XYZ job. Or, you know, the fact of the matter is you've been divorced three times and you're X age years old. So there's no way that you're going to fall in love with this type of person, have this, this and this. We are so smart that we're stupid. You know, you've ever heard that phrase like my grandfather used to tell me this all the time. I'm too smart for my own good. You know, like he would be trying to put me on to something and teach me a life lesson. But I was so quick to run down what the facts are and my opinion and my rebuttal that it would get in the way of the lesson he was trying to teach me. And that's exactly what this is. It is not your job or your responsibility. Matter of fact, it ain't even your business how your manifestation comes to you. It really ain't. And you would really be wasting time trying to figure out how this thing is going to come to you. It's irrelevant. What you have to do is figure out what you want, visualize what you want, and believe in it for you. That is so deep and so dope. And that just that in itself, honest to God, changed my life. I learned these principles from Reverend Ike. I could do 10 million episodes on Reverend Ike, but long story short, he was a preacher from New York who taught self-image psychology through the Bible. In his philosophy, the Bible is a book of self-image psychology. Um, And I don't want to get too deep on the religion part because I know that's not everybody's tea. It is not my tea. I am not a Christian, a Catholic, a Muslim or any variation of any religion. So sometimes when he uses the word God, you can interchange it as universe, whatever floats your boat. Anywho, he taught me this practice. This man is dead and gone. I watch his videos on YouTube. That's how I learned it. I suggest anybody um, who is interested in manifesting, look up Reverend Ike uh, on YouTube. So anywho, um, you will learn that the most important thing is to believe you have to believe that this thing that you want that you desire this car this job this uh spouse this home you want this you know million dollar a week business that you want to have whatever it is I promise you you can have like that's how life works in a in a larger sense that's how the universe works the universe would not put this desire in your mind and in your heart if you weren't capable of having it it's that simple it really is so come up with your greatest desire visualize it and I guarantee you on my life you will experience it and once you get good at it it will happen so quickly It will spin your fucking head. Your wig will be snatched. You will be bald from how quick this thing happens. So for me, for example, I wanted to live in this neighborhood for the longest. Um, Visualization and manifestation came into my life January of 2018. I was introduced to Reverend Ike. I was introduced to Bob Proctor. I was introduced to Think and Grow Rich. Boom, Google all those. I will link um, a little bit of everything in the show notes. So bam, my mom puts me on. Oh, I'm so fucking Chicago because that's how we talk. So boom. So um, I was put on to manifestation January 2018 and got serious about it and read books on it and listened to, you know, audio books on it and said, you know what? Fuck it. 
try it. It's not going to cost me any money. It takes two seconds a day to do. So all I need to do is decide what I want and think about it and believe in myself and I can have it. I can do that in a year, damn near a year to the date because I moved into my new apartment. I should look that up. What date that was that my mom and I had lunch. Um, I had to be like the last week of January. I moved into my new apartment January 15th of 2019, a place that prior to, you know, I could really have felt like I have no business up in here. And even now I feel like I have no business up in here. It's so, I am, but I guarantee you, I am the poorest person in this building, like far and away. It ain't even a fucking, it's not even close. And yet I live here and I belong here and this is my home and I'm in love with it. Um, not only that, I got a new car two days after, um, January 17th, I got a new whip. I got a luxury whip. Uh, and I'm not saying any of this in any way to, to brag to anybody or anything. That's not relevant. I'm just using myself as an example because I know this works because I fucking worked it. So it's real. So my point in saying all of that is in a year from getting serious about this, I have changed my life in so many ways. It is, it's mind blowing um, how good I've become at manifesting. And I literally shout this to the rooftops to anybody that will listen. Um, and I didn't talk about this previously on the show because I hadn't gotten it. I hadn't gotten those two things that I really wanted, which was a new car and a new crib. And now that I have them and I'm in it and I'm, I'm settled and I realize how real this is. I want to continue to shout this to everybody that will listen. That manifestation is real. I have shared this with several people who are changing their lives via manifestation. And uh, it's so easy. Anybody could do it. it. But the most important touchstone of this entire thing is belief. You have to believe in your heart of hearts, in your gut, in your soul, in the very back of your brain, late at night, first thing in the morning. You have to believe that you deserve the thing that you desire most in this world. If your image of yourself, if your self-esteem is low, if you are a self-sabotager, this will not work for you, honey, period. I can help you uh, save a ton of time. Ain't no need in reading any of those books I was telling you about because it's not for you. But if you do have a positive self-image and you know that you can achieve anything you want in this life, I guarantee you, manifestation will be a game changer. I could go on and on and on, but we want to wrap up the show. And I didn't even get to talk to you guys about money or liquor, but I promise we will talk money and liquor um, next episode. For sure, we will catch up on that. Go manifest yourself some coins. How about that? Go manifest yourself a cocktail and think about the new things that you are going to bring into your experience, my friends. Like, Let's do this shit together. I'm not telling you what I'm manifesting next until it's done, but it is coming and I know it's coming. And put a date, lastly, put a date on your manifestations. Put a date on it. It has to be, you know, like for me, it was I'm moving into a new apartment first quarter of next year, period. I'm getting a new car first quarter next year, period. And I got them done two weeks into the new year. Like when I said first quarter, I was thinking like springtime. Nope, got it done earlier than I had expected because I put a date on it. You can't just let the shit float in the universe. Oh, I want to be a millionaire. Bitch, when? 
You want to be a millionaire tomorrow, next month, next year, or on your deathbed. So let's not do that. Put a date on that goal and that wish and that desire. Whoo, okay, I'm talked out, guys. I love you all dearly. Please like the show, subscribe to the show, show love to the show, rate the show, and come back for the next episode of the Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying podcast. Leave this episode thinking of the next thing that, or the thing that you want most in this world. Put a date on it, decide it, visualize it, and believe in it. And I swear to you, it will come true. And uh, I'm going to leave you guys with that. Love you. See you next time and be very fucking good. Peace.